0: head to myeq.com and use code PARENTING for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code PARENTING at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts. Is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your Village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hello, everyone. So I am vicariously enjoying seeing some of my friends' kids going back to school, most of them two days a week for hybrid, and I hope some of you and your kids are safely getting to participate in this as well. We've now been pushed out again to mid November as a possible return date for two days a week for our kids, so I'm gonna. Just keep hoping here. (laughs) So uh, a couple questions for today. One is a middle of the night sleep, wake up question with some tantrums. The second question is about an almost three year old and some power struggles over TV. So with parents allowing more screen time with being at home so much more, this is a common issue right now. So I'll get to those. Also, I will talk a little bit about a little, I don't wanna call it a struggle, but something that I had to deal with with my oldest son today. I'll put that at the end. Some of you have told me how much you enjoy hearing about some of the things that I have to deal with at home with my kids, so I'll talk about that at the end also. But first, again, I wanna say a big thank you for all the support for those of you who have joined the website, taken classes, have memberships, all the amazing positive feedback I get from those who've taken the classes about how how it's helping you parent better, the podcast, Instagram, and the growing YouTube channel. And I hit over 100 members this past week, Woohoo! which I know sounds funny, at least it does to me when my kids follow these YouTubers with over a million followers, these silly guys who I don't know what they do, but but hey, we all start somewhere. So, as a thank you, I put up the full class for 123 Magic on the YouTube channel. It covers the introduction, the steps for 123 Magic, examples of exactly how to use it, the pitfalls, and little genius tactics. Those are the things our kids will pull that render the tool ineffective and how to avoid these traps, both the pitfalls and the genius tactics. So, if you are interested in learning that technique and using it well, go to my YouTube channel and subscribe. You can just search for your village on YouTube, and I believe the channel now comes up at the top. When I hit 500, I'm going to put out another free class. I've decided also when I'm getting close to a 1,000, I'm going to put out a survey video on YouTube, and you can vote between three different videos, and the one that gets the most likes for which class you would like to see will be the one that I will put up. Of course, all full 58 videos, I counted them yesterday, 58 classes up on the site, all the handouts, access to our free private Facebook group where I do live parent chats to answer questions can be found at yourvillageonline.com. Not the Facebook group, but the classes, the memberships, and once you join, then you are invited to join the private Facebook group for those chats. The more people who join the website and the Facebook group, the more frequently I do these chats. So right now we're doing about every two weeks. The live parent chat groups are really nice and small, usually averaging around three to four parents. So everyone gets a chance to get their questions answered. And as we get more people, I'll offer more of those different times of day for our parents all over the world. So, boy, that was a long intro. All right, let's get to the questions. First question. From Kelly, hello, I love your podcast. I have a two-year-old who has always challenged us with difficulty falling asleep and nighttime wake-ups. The waking up at night got better for a few months, between 16 to 22-ish months. He actually slept from bedtime to morning. He started climbing out of the crib consistently at 18 months, so the toddler bed definitely created additional challenges. At bedtime, we worked a lot i mean staying in there for about 15 minutes maximum and then leaving so he can fall asleep on his own. Every once in a while he tests boundaries, asking for water, Elmo, me to tuck him in numerous times, etc. Our main issue currently is nighttime wake-ups requiring us to intervene. He wakes up and either insists we tuck him in with his blanket or tantrums until he finally lets us tuck him in and leave. This happens two to three times a night and it's not improving with us limiting interaction when we go in. We've tried not going into his room but often that is what leads to the tantrums or him pounding on his door, which I will not allow. I don't want him to feel trapped and also don't want him to break anything. How do we shift away from intervening even if it's just for a minute at a time? With a new baby on the way and potentially big sleep struggles to come, I'm really stressed about what it will look like for our family. Any advice is much appreciated. Thank you so much for all you do. Your recommendations have greatly improved my days with him and his behavior is so good most of the time. Okay, so when it comes to sleep, what we do at bedtime then becomes what they will expect in the middle of the night. So since he is used to having someone with him as he gets sleepy at bedtime, this is what he's looking for in the middle of the night. Now he may not even be getting sleepy, but because someone is staying in there with him for up to 15 minutes, this is what he wants in the middle of the night as well. This is where you want to focus at bedtime. So the reason for this is that sleep pressure is the strongest at Bedtime so creating a new habit is easiest during bedtime So you want to greatly reduce this bedtime interaction now not the tucking in and all of that But staying in there even if you aren't saying or doing much you want to get this down to bedtime routine tuck in and leave so there's two methods you can use for this the check-in method and the mantra method so whichever you choose, you want to have a couple of discussions about it before you implement. One in the middle of the day and a reminder close to bedtime. So I've covered both of these in the past, but to go into this here so that you guys don't have to go back and search through all of the episodes, try to find it. I'll go over these again. So... The mantra is the one where you walk the child back to bed. You make no eye contact and you say nothing or one sentence. So assuming you're going to get up and leave, then he's going to get out of bed multiple times. So that's where you walk them back to bed. You make little to no eye contact, little to no interaction, and you can say one sentence or nothing at all. It's bedtime, tuck in, put the covers on. No lovey, no kissy, no I love you stuff. Now I'm talking about after bedtime only, after they get up. After the tuck-in and you leave not at bedtime itself, of course, of course lovey huggy kissy at bedtime all you want After bedtime is Complete if they get back out of bed that that's when you want to be boring That's when you want to be the rock that's when you want to not engage When you give the coaching session You let him know how things are going to go You can let him know because some kids will pull this like where they want to kiss They want to hug those little extra things trying to get the attention Let him know you're not going to be giving the extra tension, that it isn't because I don't love you, I do love you, but it's nighttime and everyone needs their sleep, so we need you to learn to put yourself back to sleep in the middle of the night. That means you'll need to learn to put yourself to sleep at bedtime better than we've been doing, but I'll be happy and excited to do hugs and kisses in the morning. You want to get him into a good habit with bedtimes. Bedtime routine, tuck in and leave then you can work on the middle of the night. So this method takes three to five days to get into a really good solid habit. It may mean some meltdowns and some tantrums. So this is where you have to decide. Regardless of the method, I would recommend leaving the door open slash unlocked, whatever you do, but leave it unlocked so that he's not banging on the door or open so that he's not banging on the door at bedtime or in the middle of the night so that he isn't feeling trapped. He can come out. He can come get you. So What this does is it fixes the issue of the tantruming because he's not feeling trapped, but you're also working on the behavior changes so that he is learning to to fall asleep on his own. He's learning to make choices of staying in his room and falling asleep because you're working on that behavior. You're changing that behavior. So the open door, closed door is a non-issue. For the check-in method, this is when you tuck in and then promise to return in five minutes if he stays in bed. You come in, you stay up to one minute at a time, no more. A quick back rub, a head rub, a kiss, what have you. A quick 30 seconds, then you go on your way. You repeat this until the next time you come in, he's already asleep. So I'll be back in five minutes, a little head rub, a kiss. I'll be back in five minutes as long as you stay in bed. You leave, you come back. You're still awake, give him a little back rub, walk out. Or just put your hand on his back, walk out, whatever you wanna do, because you don't wanna like rouse him if he's getting sleepy. You do this until you walk in and he's asleep. So he's fallen asleep on his own, you haven't had to stay in the room um, any extended amount of time, you're teaching him how to fall asleep on his own. As he gets better with this, you're going to make the time between the visits longer, so seven minutes, then 10 minutes, and then soon you're only visiting one time before he falls asleep. This method takes a couple of weeks to a month. Then you decide if you're dropping that last visit altogether. So once you get down to that point, you're just walking in, checking on him, peeking in the door, checking on him, you can decide to drop the visit altogether. Once you have this set up into the new habit, you then work on middle of the night. So you're just gonna walk him back to bed, tuck him in quickly, and leave. So if this is what's happening at bedtime, if he's falling asleep just with a quick check-in, this is all it's going to be, a quick check in in the middle of the night. You should be able to walk back to your room, go right back to bed. So once you choose, again, you're going to have that coaching session in the middle of the day. Tonight, we're going to be doing things differently. Starting tonight, we're going to do things differently. Then you're going to remind before bed, you're going to obviously talk about the process, what that's going to look like. I'm going to walk you back to your room. I'm not going to say a word, or we're going to have a check-in method. We're going to come in and I'm going to check on you every five minutes. Just explain how that's going to go. Again, for the mantra method, it's three nights to a significant improvement, five nights, it should be pretty much done completely. It may be miserable for three nights, depending, tantrums, meltdowns, any of that kind of stuff, but it's done after that. Now, this was always my choice because I could get through the three nights knowing I was going to be done with it soon, but everyone has a different tolerance for these types of things. Once you get that bedtime fixed, the middle of the nights, will go much smoother because the tantrums aren't working at bedtime, they're not gonna work in the middle of the night, but you also need to make sure that you can stick with that and know that it's only gonna be three nights. Let them just work it out, work through the tantrums, and then you're done with it because they're gonna to learn to put themselves back to sleep on their own because the tantrum doesn't bring attention, it doesn't get what they're looking for. So, I and I cover that, rewarding behaviors, rewarding different types of behaviors, one of them would be tantrums. When things are rewarded, how that increases the probability. And that's in the intro to discipline class. So if you're interested in learning why that works that way, how that works, understanding these types of things makes them a lot of times for me anyway, and I think for a lot of people, it makes it easier to not give in to the tantrums or to certain types of behaviors because you then understand like, oh, I'm making this problem worse. I'm teaching him that if he tantrums, he's going to get the attention that he's looking for, he's gonna get me to stay in his room, he's gonna get me to tuck him in, that type of thing. So if you wanna know more about that, the Intro to Discipline class on the website. Okay, next I'm going to cover some general information about behavior and bedtimes when it comes to making decisions about how to best handle a situation in the moment and for the longer term after a word from our sponsor. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at ByHeart.com/podcast with the code Parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to a hundred times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. p-u-r-o-a-i-r.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HIPAA 14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Now that we're back after the break, I'm going to get into the general information about shaping behavior and some tips to keep in mind for changing bedtime and nighttime behavior specifically. So some general background information, and I cover this, again, really well in the Intro to Discipline class. But it's important for us to consider when we are rewarding behavior, and if we're okay with it. And sometimes the answer to that is yes, and that's fine. So this is a continuation of what I was talking about before. Once we're aware that that's what we're doing, we can then decide if this is a one-time thing because I just need to get through tonight and tomorrow I will regroup and figure out a better solution. So let's just say there is a tantrum at bedtime in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I don't know what to do with this right now. I just want to get this kid back to bed. You're going to deal with the tantrum, give in if you need to, get him back to bed. And then the next day, you're going to regroup and figure out exactly what you're doing to fix that issue So like I said, like I already went through, if you decide you're gonna do that mantra method, you're gonna let them tantrum at bedtime and you're gonna work on the bedtimes, get them fixed and then go ahead and do what you're gonna do in the middle of the night, what you've always done. Then after you get bedtimes fixed, then you work on the middle of the night. But when you work on bedtimes, that usually fixes the middle of the night, like up to 90% and you have a lot less of the behaviors in the middle of the night that you're seeing now. So then also habits can get disrupted, meaning the good habits during certain big growth or development spurts, teething or illnesses. So if things have been going well at night and you've got teething going on, you've got a big developmental spurt where they're becoming a lot more mobile, where their brain is developing a lot and they can't shut their brain off, or they're teething or an illness, this can cause disruptions in the sleep process where things were going well and now they're not again. So. It's really good to keep this in mind that if your kids are in a good habit and then they change because they get sick, they're teething, et cetera, once you hit that third night of comforting them or you've changed the habit, right, where you're dealing with the tantrums three nights in a row but by just giving in and taking them back to bed and, and tucking them in or laying with them or whatever it is they're asking you to do, rocking them in the chair, comforting them to sleep, you're into a new habit and you'll have to break it again once things calm down this is fine. And I I remember going through this a few times when my kids would get sick. So when one of my kids would get sick, I would comfort them back to sleep. I would rock them. I would cuddle them. They had a hard time falling asleep. Their heads were stuffy. They felt icky. Cuddle them back to sleep. On night three, I remember telling myself, this is your new habit. If you rock them back to sleep tonight, you will have to break this again next week once they're feeling better. But that was okay. I was okay with that. And I was prepared and usually it was only a night or two because we'd had a really good habit. Then we broke that habit while they were sick. But other times, like with teething, something that was kind of off or on, I'd hit night two. And on night three, I was back to setting the boundary because I didn't want to create a new habit, and have to start over and break it because they really will kind of push in there. So I'd be comforting for a night or two. And then on night two or three, I'd be back to boundary setting at bedtime. It's just good information to remember, keep in mind, so you can just decide how you want to proceed. Do I want to do night number three and have to break it next week or in a couple of days, have to go back to working on setting those boundaries and breaking them again, or do I just want to go two nights with this, get them back to bed, and they might be a little fussy, but it won't be a new habit that I have to break in a couple of days or a week. So, of course, the toddler sleep class does address all of these issues. Three methods for creating smoother bedtimes, middle of the nights, naps, early wake-ups, nightmares, night terrors, other common issues with sleep. Also, the intro to discipline class, really good basic class for understanding reward systems, punishments, how they can really undermine positive discipline and how different parenting styles affect outcomes in children's behaviors and our relationships with them and even their success and happiness throughout their life as adults. So you can see those at yourvillageonline.com. Their next question is from Renee. She wrote, hi, Erin. I'm hoping you could help me with a recent problem that has emerged since being stuck at home. My son is 33 months We have typically only allowed him to watch TV as a small treat, maybe two to three times per week for 10 to 20 minutes. In the past week, this has changed as we've used the TV for activities such as story time, yoga, etc. Every time we turn it on, he thinks he will get a show, and it takes a lot of convincing to get him to understand the difference of these activities versus his show. In addition, he is now waking up early and begging to watch TV. Any ideas what we can do? On a separate note, his sleep has been affected as well. He has been refusing to nap. I've watched your toddler sleep class and have tried some tactics at night, but I don't know how to deal with his naps. I really want him to nap so that we can get a break. Thanks so much. Okay, so I think all or most of us have been dealing with some kind of screen time struggles. It's just really hard. There's not much happening in the outside world, I think, for most of us. Still... So many things remain closed, and the most important thing is just to keep distancing ourselves as much as possible so our numbers can reach where we need, get these kids back to school. So, increased screen time is definitely making it more difficult to set some boundaries around screen time. They especially tend to be more um, of an addiction for our boys. They really tend to get attached to these screens, and the younger they are, the less they understand. So we're working from home, even just needing some time to ourselves to take care of things at home, get some work done, and not having our kids in preschool means, for many of us, screen time becomes a go-to just to get a break. And I love that he's doing some yoga and some story time, and that's awesome, but of course, it's still screen time, and I don't know why. It just does something to their brains where they want more of it. So first, I want to say that for this instance, I'm not convinced that it's actually the screen time that's interfering with nap times, but you'll know more when I when I describe this here. It could just be that he's outgrowing his naps early. You know, some kids are ready to drop naps at three and your son is getting close to that. The key indicators would be how much sleep is he getting overnight? Is he waking up happy? And how is he doing throughout the day? If he's falling asleep every day on a car ride, then he needs a nap. Still, if he's falling apart at dinner time, like he's emotionally spent due to being physically spent, then yes, he still needs a nap. But if he's getting 12, 13 hours overnight, 7:30 to 7:30, likely he's done napping. So these are all clues as to how or if he's done napping. Even if he's getting 11 and a half hours throughout the night, but staying relatively happy throughout the afternoon, not getting drowsy, overly grumpy moderately to significantly more so than his usual temperament throughout the day. So you can tell when a preschooler is just overtired. They're falling apart at everything. They're falling asleep at dinner in their food. If that's happening, he does need a nap. If that's not happening, he might be grumpy by dinnertime, but if he's staying awake and he's not like falling apart over everything, he's just hitting that sleep pressure around dinnertime, ready to fall asleep, but he may be outgrowing his naps. So what you can do is you can implement quiet time, 20 minutes in your room. You don't have to sleep, but you need to stay in your room and play quietly with your stuffed animals, looking at books. We will come get you after 20 minutes. Now what happens is if they're really tired, 20 minutes is enough time for them to get tired and fall asleep if they're playing quietly. Now I know it's not what parents wanna hear sometimes, we want this nap time, we need the nap time but some kids are just done early, and my oldest was already skipping naps at two and a half. He hated naps. By three, he basically never napped again. On the rarest of occasions, I can count on one hand the number of times he's napped since he turned three. He's now 11, and I'm not kidding. It was extremely rare that that kid would fall asleep after three. No, and those were days where he did something like crazy physical taxing that morning, like some sort of a play date or a birthday party at a play place where there were bounce houses and swings and crazy stuff going on for a couple hours, then maybe he would crash out later that day. But not usually in his bed, almost always in the car, not at home in his bed. He just was one of those kids that didn't need much sleep. And that may be your son. So give him that 20 minute quiet time. If he doesn't fall asleep, You come get him out of his room. If he does, great, he'll take a nap that day. As far as screen time, so here are some tips. You're gonna set some rules and solid boundaries around the screen time, which it sounds like you are. Make sure he understands. So some of the rules will be how much he will watch and who gets to pick the content. Obviously that's you picking the content and how much he's watching, which you've already set up. What you wanna do is you wanna explain what you're watching at what time. But not using actual time. And I'll talk about that in a second. You want to talk about the flow of the day. So story time, so the TV story time is after morning snack. Yoga is after lunch or after lunchtime playtime. His show is after the afternoon snack. So whatever the flow of your day is, let them know, let him know where it falls in the day's schedule. Because three-year-olds do not understand time. So this is why it's likely something he may be struggling with. It isn't till about four that they start to understand the concept of time. So this is why I say explain it as part of the daily schedule because that he may be able to begin to grasp after the morning walk, right? We always do yoga after the morning walk, after lunch. So once you have a schedule for where each thing is throughout the day, you can remind him, your show is after the afternoon snack or your show is after afternoon playtime. So there's no need to convince him. It just is what it is and it's a reminder. If he keeps going, you stop engaging. I've already reminded you, your show is after our afternoon snack. Did we just have afternoon snack? No, okay, we just had our morning walk. So it's time for story time right now. This is the last reminder. And then you just stop engaging. So I'm not sure at what time he's watching each of these things throughout the day or if you even have a schedule. But if you don't, definitely you want to get everything on a schedule because that will really help him get used to the routine. But I would curb the morning issue of him asking so early in the morning by making the first screen time, regardless of what it is, so whether it's yoga or story time, at least two hours after wake up. So let's just say he wakes up at 7 a.m., gets up, gets ready, has breakfast, does some free play or take a walk, whatever your morning schedule is. Then the first stint of screen time would happen. So it wouldn't happen till at least 9 a.m. This way, there's no associating waking up with getting to get on to the TV. There's a flow to your day. There's a schedule. And I think this will help a lot to get things into a flow because children really like structure and once they know what the structure is, they get into that flow, they're much easier to go along with what the day, the flow of the day is. So, you wanna learn more about screen time, there are two classes, kids in media zero to 10, or 10 and under, I think I did, and then uh, kids in media 11 plus, also the bedtime, nighttime, the sleep classes are on there, toddler sleep and infant sleep are also on the website and the intro to discipline, also a great one just for some background information about the way that rewards, punishments, and different types of discipline, different types of parenting styles, create different outcomes for our children, not just in childhood and the way they interact with us, but actually throughout their lives. So and that's a really important class that I highly recommend for that. So to talk about what we had to deal with today. So my oldest son is 11 in sixth grade, which is now middle school for him in his current school. Very independent learner, very independent child, very responsible, very academic. He had his testing done. So they do with the MAP testing at the beginning of the year, in the middle of the year, and I think at the end of the year. And he had his testing done last week. We got the scores, the teacher sent the scores today. His math was off the charts, absolutely off the charts. Okay, well, maybe not off the charts because it was actually on the chart, but 98th percentile in math. He just, just very, very, very strong in math. So, and we always knew that. It, he takes to math. He's quick with math. He picks it up really quickly. We got his reading scores, not so good. He dropped not quite 20 points from his reading score at the end of last year, but it was a lot. 15 points, I believe, 16 points, He also is reading at the end of a fourth grade to an early fifth grade level. He's now in sixth grade. He used to read two grades ahead. He just does not like to read, and it has been a struggle to find books that are interesting to him that are at or above his grade level. So this is something that I called him into my office. We sat down and we had a talk, and we talked about setting goals for his reading, He has goals for the colleges he wants to go to. It also, in this testing, which is great, I'm glad they did this, is it says whether he's on target for being ready for his college entrance exams in reading, and it says that he is not on track to be ready for his ACT or SAT testing. Now, of course, that isn't till 11th grade, so he's got some time to catch up, but he keeps having these high, high goals and expectations for the colleges he wants to get into so we had to have a come to Jesus moment today about that about what he's going to have to do that he's going to have to find some books that he is going to enjoy that are at his grade level and how he's going to have to research that and then we had his parent. well it was his teacher student conference but it was with the parents also the student leads the conference in, for in this school which I love but we talked about the reading scores and the teacher was amazingly helpful gave him some resources about how he can find some books and it was about him setting goals for himself so he could set goals for his reading to get up to grade level by the end of the school year so actually we might have said it earlier anyway so it was really sitting down with him pointing this out showing it to him making him uh, helping him to understand how this is going to affect him in the long term and really holding him accountable for his reading level, his reading score, and the areas in the reading. His vocabulary is excellent, but there were a couple other areas where he just was falling short that really actually affected his score far more than the vocabulary and some other reading areas. So that was our uh, latest kind of parenting uh, issue that we had to sit down and discuss and work on and that we are in the midst of working on to get him back on track. So I hope that was helpful to some of you out there, especially if you have some kids who are getting a little older and you're working with them to set goals and become more accountable to their own goals and their own learning process. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.